0: I used to love playing around with those science kits you'd get as a kid. I also loved playing with creepy crawlers, but I burned the hell out of my fingers enough times to learn that the more educational fare was less likely to do me harm. That's not to say I didn't accidentally put my family in danger a time or two. My mom loves to remind me of a time where I conducted an experiment with one of these kits and damn near blew a turtle egg through the ceiling. Whoops. I loved. That as I got older, those kits became more intricate, or gross, depending on the manufacturer. One kit taught me how to make convincing fake blood with common household ingredients, so I did. And I staged a scene. Fake blood dripping down my arm onto a knife in the kitchen sink, and I waited for Dad to get home. I acted the hell out of it when he walked through the door. Dad, I think I made a mistake. I was not prepared for his reaction. He looked like he might faint, and I could see rare signs of panic in his eyes. I, uh, I guess I got him good? Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad, a podcast for anyone who's ever loved and lost and seeks to make sense of those experiences. My name is Doug. Maxine can really move. I mean, this kid is like greased lightning taking a trip down a well-maintained water slide. While it's adorable to watch her crawl, take steps, and generally begin to carve out her own path in the world, we might as well begin each new day with WIPEOUT playing in the background. Now, I follow that little one close, but not too close as she goes about the chaos of the day. I can almost hear her thoughts after we get done with breakfast. First, I'll crawl down the hallway too fast, catch my arm on something, and lightly smack my face into the ground. Yeah. Then, I'll fall into the sink, just enough to wet my ass through my diaper as my mom or my dad attempts to clean my hands and body. Next, I'll mission impossible myself off the couch or other applicable surface, and for the piece de resistance, I will stand with all the confidence I can muster, remove my hands from a stabilizing surface, and promptly crash my tukus back onto the floor at exactly the moment my parents are sure I will take my first unassisted steps. All of this is well and good, and I can actually plan on it, so I plan for it. Max needs to move through the world to sort out the lanes with bumpers from those without, so I got pretty comfortable with being a little uncomfortable, and many weeks have passed with superficial injury being the worst mark she'd bear from her time here on Earth. Until, it was an evening like any other. Max had shuffled her way down the hallway to visit Mom in the office. She took up her customary place behind the chair, and I thought very little of it. Soon, she was standing next to it. Still, not a big deal. She was probably going to whiff at any moment, but she'd done it before, and she'd do it again. And then, there it was. Regular as a Rob Schneider cameo and an Adam Sandler flick. The fall. There was the predictable crying. But this time it didn't stop right away. It kept getting worse. I was so sure she was fine that when Amanda came into the room, I reflectively said, She's okay. It wasn't until I let Amanda grab her and attempt to comfort her that I noticed blood. Max's mouth looked like something out of a Tarantino movie. My whole body went cold while I tried to stay calm. Eventually, the bleeding stopped, and she was, of course, okay. But that image will be frozen in my mind for some time. Ultimately, the worst she had to show for it was a swollen lip and a keen understanding that she does not like the taste of blood. That evening, I learned that some things require more caution over time with a child, and that, unfortunately, you cannot win a battle against the inevitable. You gotta go with the flow regardless of twists and turns. Dad did, and he had the scars to prove it. There were many things my dad kept around regularly. Toilet paper wadded up in various pockets for various reasons. A maglite flashlight within easy reach. The previously mentioned pencil and notepad. But he was never in short supply of either electrical tape or superglue. Dad was an all-purpose mechanic, so he was never far from a good old-fashioned knuckle-busting. A cut, a mild electrocution, or a finger smash. Now you'd think, given his tendency toward those dust-ups during the workday, that he'd be more cautious on the home front. But you'd be wrong. A Venn diagram of Al Borland and Tim Taylor was my father. Actually capable but also woefully prone to injury as a result of pushing things a little too far. He couldn't just watch as my brother and I tried out a mini dirt bike. He had to give it a ride. Directly into the fence he had installed himself the week prior. He couldn't just stand by as we tried to ice skate. He had to strap on some himself, skate around a bit, and fall so spectacularly that the cracks in the ice could be heard for minutes after. Oh, apparently, before I was born, he had a surgery. On his knee. He left the hospital and did a deep knee bend to test it out. He walked right back into the hospital a few moments later with a knee full of popped stitches. Seems like we daughters have a particular proclivity for mischief. Fender benders, you might say. To quote one of young Ernest's teachers from Scared Stupid, we never knew when to quit. So, Dad unfortunately passed along the trait of mild recklessness. That's okay. The first aid section of any door to household is usually well-stocked for precisely that reason. But what about the wounds that aren't physical? What about those emotional growing pains? I spoke a few episodes back about Dad pushing me too far with the parasail incident and how there was an eventual reconciliation but that was only the tip of the iceberg when it came to this family butting heads. Dad was loud, stubborn, opinionated, and terse. He was also loving, unfailingly complimentary, and bombastically charismatic. The first of those groupings of characteristics led to an all-out family shouting match one evening as we headed back from a get-together. Bran had accused Dad of being an asshole, I had accused Bran of being a dick, Mom was shouting that we should all calm down, and the inside of that van sounded like a bunch of random hardware on a blender as we all attempted to sling barbs at one another, hoping to cut the deepest. None of us won. We all just metaphorically bloodied each other until a bland numbness fell on the whole situation. As we pulled into the driveway and realized that each of us would be sleeping under the same roof that night, something got my ire up again, and I went after it with Bran. We stood in the drive and had a merry time of screaming at each other until Dad pulled us inside and shouted for us to stop. We didn't. Finally, he pushed us out the front door and held us both by the shoulder. He had tears in his eyes, and his lip was quivering. Please stop this, he kept saying. This is all we have. This family... Each other. I seeing Dad, in his prime, strong and confident, shaken like that, stirred something in Brandon and I. And we reached a ceasefire for that evening. I'm not saying it was a magical fix, or that we never would fight or hurt one another again. But it provided a template for how to move forward in the future. If that bullheaded man we all loved could cool himself and come to a realization that we ought to work something out, maybe we could too. The years progressed and Dad began to soften. There were more conversations and less talking at or shouting at someone. We were all learning how to best be a family as he continued to learn to be the type of father I'd ultimately go on to remember him as. The emotional wounds of the past would always be there, but we began to understand there were metaphorical versions of electrical tape or superglue, and he began to apply them liberally to anything that hadn't properly closed. The more mature, emotionally intelligent dad gave the family a certainty that we could always speak to one another freely in times of disagreement and come to understand one another if we actually listened when someone had something to say. It wasn't about being right or wrong. It was about empathizing with someone's feelings and slipping into their shoes for a stroll around the block. I'll be frank and say it didn't put an end to all the arguments or the hurt we would cause one another in the future. But it did help us understand we could apply the brakes where we may have previously stepped on the gas. It was that empathy that we applied toward one another when Dad's life really became affected by the dementia. Of course, we became more accommodating with Dad, but life-changing events like that have a way of flaring opinions, disagreements, misalignments, and those things can place enormous strain on any relationship. And they did. Compound those feelings with the emotions and opinions after Dad passed, and understandably... Sometimes it felt like a powder keg was ready to blow. And just when things would reach a fever pitch, I swear you could almost hear Dad's voice, like a whisper, pleading for us to remember that this is all we have. It's so wild how quickly I, we, become comfortable with the quiet and peaceful moments. The moments without blood, injury, pain, tears, or heartbreak. Those things are essentially the only guarantees life has to offer. There is no growth without pain, not physically or emotionally. I continue to revel in those slow moments, those rare times of perfect peace, because they are not guaranteed. They are worth their weight in gold. We grow. We hurt. We relax when we can, and we learn to accept that we get what we get when we get it. I imagine Dad had a version of those thoughts running through his mind when he fired up the minibike or strapped on the skates. The knowledge that he'd probably get hurt was suppressed by the levity he felt in simply enjoying a few moments. The inevitable bumps and bruises to the body or mind only make the easy flowing time something to savor. And he did. Every time. Right up until the crash. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. I keep on reminiscing, reflecting, and attempting to blend the past into a hopeful future, so I'd love if you'd come along. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out. You can find me at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. Thank you as always to Andy Bird for the use of the music in this show. And here's a little Wally wisdom for you to close out the week. Dad was very fond of and applied often the phrase where there's a will, there's a way. He might have deployed this nugget most often when using a zip tie creatively but it most certainly can be applied in all aspects of life. I'll see you next time, folks.